Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Phil Mackey, Judd Zolgad. You guys are spoiled. You guys are lucky to have these guys. Mackey and Judd on 1500 ESPN. Football observations, and we might spend the chunk of this segment on the first item here. It was an unbelievable game between the Steelers and the Patriots last night. Uh, let's play back the call here. You could hear this game on 1500 ESPN yesterday. We were uh, we had a couple games. We had the night game as well, Sunday Night Football. But uh, this is what happened. The catch rule strikes again in the NFL. To the end zone. Are they looking at the football, possibly losing control here? Oh, that's what it is, Jim. They don't think he caught it. Oh, boy. Guys, that's... He's stretching out. He doesn't need to stretch out. Just make sure you catch it. I mean, it's only a decision that might be the difference between hosting the AFC Championship game or not. Who knows? After reviewing the play, the receiver in the end zone did not survive the ground. It's an incomplete pass. It'll be Pittsburgh's ball. Second down and 10 at the 10-yard line. That's that's a new way of putting it. It didn't survive the ground. And then, of course, the NFL put out the officiating... uh, I don't know, the the overarching entity put out a video with someone narrating the play and justifying the call. And at the beginning of the video that the NFL sent out from its league office, mm-hmm. the guy on the uh, the call for the, the narration said, now the play starts with Ben Roethlisberger completing a pass and then explains why it's not complete. Yes. So even the NFL has a hard time explaining their own rules to fans who watch, the millions of fans who saw that play last Here's night. Here's the start of this conversation to me. And we see this far too much in this league, especially when you start making up phrases and terms, you got problems. Surviving the ground, a football move. Okay, tell me what a football move is. No, it, well, you know it when you see it. When you start to make up terms, <laughs> the icky that, shuffle yes. is a football move. So when you start to apply terms to things, I think you start to get into a a very murky territory. And I think that's where that's where things are now. And I hey. I get this. The interpretation of the rule and the call is technically correct. But what if that happens in a conference title game or Super Bowl? Are we all just going to sit there and be like, well, the interpretation's right? Because to me, the interpretation being right doesn't mean that the way it's supposed to be interpreted makes sense. So I agree with you there. I This is very similar to the Des Bryant play. In fact, it's almost, it's almost the same mechanics of the call where receiver goes up in the air catches a ball as he's sort of falling to the ground. And that's where the NFL has a huge, huge gap in the way the rule is written. 
the way it's written, and I and first of all, we both agree they made the right call based on how the rule is written. Yes, no one's arguing. If you're going that. to the ground while you catch it, yes, you have to hit the ground and still maintain possession. If the ball pops or hits the ground and, mm-hmm. and the ground then helps you maintain possession, it's not a catch. Mm-hmm. And where I contend they should make a change is instead of saying it's impossible to have possession until you reach the ground. I think there should be some leeway in there for, I don't if you want to call it a football move, whatever it is, if I catch a pass as I'm falling to the ground, but during that process, as I'm clutching the ball, I make a move or a lunge or a dive or a twist. I twist my body around to try and lunge to the goal line. Mm-hmm. I think it should be determined that I have possession of the ball because I've now, yes, I'm falling to the ground, but as I'm falling to the ground, I've made another move. I have... I have dug my foot in the ground and I'm pushing toward the end zone. I'm reaching the ball out while it's in my grasp. Yes. You now have possession. That's the way that I would phrase it. Maybe football move has to go back into that particular definition. And then if the ball pops out, okay, it's either a fumble or or that's a uh, touchdown or what, or it's a touchdown that's because a touchdown. you've reached across the goal line. Absolutely. Yes. So I'm watching watching it again here. He catches the ball. Yep. His knees hit the ground, and then as he's clutching it, he reaches his torso forward yep. across the goal line. To me, that's how the so rule should be written. If I hand you the ball, if you're in the backfield, and I hand you the ball, and you get the ball, that's considered possession right there. Correct. Now, let's say it's at the two, and so you reach out, and you thrust the ball quickly. That's a touchdown. Now, if you, you lose it— Because you've established possession yes, from the time yes. you get the ball. Why Why don't we consider it possession when a receiver catches the ball? Well, why, because why, the, does he ha- why does he have to technically maintain control to the ground? It's possession. You have possession. No, but— you, but okay. But the way the rule is written, you don't. I understand that. But what I'm saying is let's rewrite the rule to be if you have the ball in your hands, secured in your hands. That's the only word. The only word that I am looking for is secured. If it's secured, what? why as a receiver do you need to basically have two portions to a catch? But if you're handed the ball, it's one portion. Yeah, I think I, I get that there has to be. You, ha- you should have to have, like, two feet established and all those things. Yes. Um, but if in the process of going to the ground, there should be a distinction. If you have if you have clutched or secured the ball and are making another move. The Des Bryant play, I probably watched that play a hundred times over the last four years. Mm-hmm. He's going to the ground. And I understand why, according to the letter of the law, and it's the same play last night, why it was ruled incomplete. But if while going to the ground, he re- with the ball secured, he's reaching out. You're telling players not to reach out for the end zone. But if you're able to reach out, you have security of the That's football. That's my point. Yeah. So there should be but, some but some area in there to draw a different line. Let's forget terms like survive the ground and football move. Survive and the let's ground. just make it one thing. He's secure. alive after hitting the ground. He survived the ground. If I throw you the football and you catch it and you have it in your two hands and your feet are on the ground, so they're in play and, that, and, and you have contact with the ground as far as i'm concerned you now have now now that's possession of the ball now if you then get hit or fumble it that's a fumble and if you lose it that's fine but i don't understand why we why we have a different set of rules of what's interpreted as a catch because if possession is having the ball secured once you have the ball in the field of play that's possession and that's why i almost i, I almost like the football move definition that they had before this where if you caught it and then and, and this applies when you're upright and running and if it's a fumble or not, like the Packers fumbled at the end of the game yesterday. It was determined that was it Adams who fumbled? Whoever caught the pass made some sort of he established himself as a runner 
in the, either taking a step or you know twirling in some way. Mm-hmm. There's got to be another distinction here because you're right. If that happens in the Super Bowl, you're telling me you're telling me that we're just okay with that and not they're being sit a catch. There and they're and so are they are they really going to to sit there in a game that millions and millions of, of folks have watched and say, well, the interpretation was correct because we're all going to say, well, yeah, yeah, it's correct, but you're absolutely crazy. Let's uh, let's do an unprecedented thing here. Let's take a phone call within football observations. Six five one six four six. A two five five. What's up, Ben? You're on the show. We're trying to figure out what a catch is. Yeah, so am I. You know, I was gonna basically. You guys can't tell what I was gonna say, but you know, if 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 it was a running play and the running back crossed the goal line with the ball, then that's a touchdown. And then it could and then then it could be slapped away, and it's not a fumble. It's a touchdown. But I don't understand how they can make it so different from one one position to the next. So what they're doing is, this is the best way I could explain it. The way they've written the rule as it stands right now, if you're going to the ground, they've placed too much importance on going to the ground with full security the entire way without thinking of, it's almost like they wrote the rule not considering that you can have security of the football and still make moves while you're technically going to the ground like, if I were to catch a pass, the Des Bryant play keeps coming back to mind. If I were to catch a pass as I'm falling to the ground and I regain footing while I'm securing the ball enough to take, like, six steps as I'm stumbling and then I dive on my last step and reach the ball out, Yep. if the ball pops out after it hits the ground, yep. the NFL's rule is telling me that that's not a catch, even though I took six steps and dove to the end zone. Correct. And I get that it's very black and white. People think it's not. It's very black and white. If you're going to the ground, you're better off not reaching out because if you reach out as you're going to the ground, even if you've taken 100 steps, if it pops out, it's not a catch. Mm -hmm. I don't like the fact that there's not a distinction in there somewhere where you can maybe establish possession before reaching the ground if you've taken a couple steps and you're lunging and doing something while securing the ball. What I don't get is why why you're why they're so proud of of that this is the rule when they could clean it up and make it much more clear. And if you well, no, it is very clear. Just no, so no, you know, no. It's like it's not unclear. I understand. It's very clear. I understand that. But what I'm saying is they they could make it much more clear what a catch is just by saying if you catch the ball with your feet on the ground and it's in your hands, that's possession. But it that's is possession. But, but that's it, possession it, of the ball. It's clear. I understand. People just disagree with the well with the line that's being drawn. Where they, most people do. Where they Dave Dave wants well, everything to wait, be complete. Where they where they run into a you got to get on the team flight they, with the football. They run into a problem a little bit more though. Is this they can review it and then it becomes up to them. Did did the ball move? And at times you say to yourself, Oh no, that ball did move, and they say no. So I think what you do is you just say you catch the ball. It's in your hands. That's possession. If you then fumble it, that's your problem. But the Jesse James play is a perfect example of if he had been handed the football and extended it, that's a touchdown. So to me, it's not fair that he had possession, but because of how they've made up the rule, that's not a touchdown. I didn't have possession, though. didn't come to the ground securing the ball. I understand. He didn't establish himself as a runner. I love the rule. And it's not just because it creates debate like this. I just just think you should have to, if you're going to make a diving catch for a football or a lunging catch and it's taking you to the ground, show that you actually hung out of the ball. I don't know why that's difficult. See, I agree with that. If you dive for a ball, and let's say, let's just, let's just, it's a classic dive play where you dive. And you kind of tiptoe, uh, well, let's just call it middle of the field to avoid the sideline confusion and all this too. 
middle of the field. You dive and you hit the ground kind of all in one swoop and the ball pops out, even though you clutched it in the air. You've secured it in the air and you hit the ground. That's not a catch. It's not a catch. I get that. What I'm suggesting is if you've secured the ball while going to the ground and then like regained your footing enough or regained whatever it is to do something else, you're t- yeah. You have established possession, and now if now if the ball pops out, it's a fumble, and that's completely different to me. I think that's different, but in you know this case or the Des Bryant case, the guy was falling down. Whether he you know was able to get one foot down to sort of push off or twist his body, he was still going to fall down regardless. So I think at that point you have but to show that you held on to the football. I'll give you two words. I'll clear this up in in one second for all of us. Secondary act. A secondary act that's results. Actually, yeah. It, More than one second, you're still going. It's a sec. It's a second. <laughs> it's a secondary act, and if a and a secondary act results in a fumble, a secondary act should not result in an incomplete pass. If you're diving for a ball, that's a good point. If I, agree I throw that. you a bomb, Dave Harrigan, and you mm-hmm. reach out and you're diving for it, and you have it for a split second, hit the ground, and it comes out. That's not a secondary act. If I throw you a ball while you're standing up and you pivot around and you have the ball, and now you pivot around to try and score, so now now you've gone from Catching the ball to trying to score, that's a secondary. So act. you're you're onto it. If we're gonna tweak it, and you know, this is there's two debates here. Should it be tweaked? And Dave says no, Corzo says no on Sunday morning sports talk. Absolutely He's right too. I say yes. He's a lawyer. If you're gonna if you're gonna tweak it, secondary act or football move, if you want to bring that ridiculous phrase back from ten years ago, um, that's how you'd have to do it. That you can even while going to the ground, you can still collect yourself enough to make a secondary move. Mm-hmm. And if that happens, all right, well, if the ball gets knocked out, now it's, now it's even worse for you. Now it's not just incomplete, it's a fumble. Or in James' case, it's a touchdown. His secondary act was a touchdown. Yeah. I think I, we just solved it. I really I do. I don't think you did because secondary dear, secondary act doesn't matter to me if you're still falling down as you catch the ball. That, But that's where we fundamentally disagree. That you're saying it's impossible or irrelevant that you can make a secondary move as you're falling to the ground. I'm saying it's irrelevant. It's certainly right. not impossible, but I'm saying it's irrelevant. If you're falling, show me that you control the ball, whether you're able to twist your body towards the but goal But you already controlled the ball. See, that, and, and hold that's on, the issue. And, hold on. and so just to, to make sure we... <laughs> not through the process. So <laughs> yes. Dave is saying that it's irrelevant that you can make a secondary move while going to the ground. And according to the current rule book, it is. It's irrelevant. You, See, you me need and Roger, to, we're on the same page. I think it should be relevant... And I think there's a chance they make it relevant if this type of thing happens in the Super Bowl now. <laughs> but does it really should should it really come to that? I well, mean, it always does. <laughs> I know, but I mean, it, it happened in a huge game last night. Can't you take a cue? Well, of course, it ha- happened to Des too. I just I don't understand why they don't clean it up to make it because they keep saying, well, well, the call was right, and I and and we're all saying, yeah, it was right, but the rule seems to me to be silly. I'll coach up your players a little better. Secure the football. But I mean, are you Don't saying dive towards the end zone? But are you saying Take he shouldn't ball? extend at that point because he has to extend? Yeah, I'm saying you're no down at the half yard thing. line. Push it across on the next play. Let's I mean, go here, boys. Back in. Don't so, play hero so, ball. So you fall backwards? I don't know. Yeah, I mean, he's honestly like it, the coaching at this point has to be if they're going to keep the rule the same. You're better off not reaching out if you want it to be a completed pass. But to your point. If you're in that situation last night and there's no timeouts left, yeah, and what happens the clock then? is winding. You they would have had time because it was. Condensed to spike the ball, but I don't know. It's six five one six four six eight two five five eight seven seven six one five fifteen hundred. Or fake spiking the ball, <laughs> right? Yeah, you don't have to melt down and throw a pick on the next play. By the way, if you're the Steelers, that was a weird play. Uh, and Courtney Cronin, Vikings Insider, ESPN.com at the bottom of the hour. Mackie and Judd now continue. Put on your big boy pants and let's go. Mackie and Judd on fifteen hundred ESPN. Um, what is a catch? What should a catch be? 
The Vikings had this question uh, on a different play, albeit with Adam Thielen a week ago. He had it pop up again last night with the Steelers Patriots. Real quick, we'll take a phone call or two on this. We'll get to Realistic Randy. On the Vikings, I think we can dive into this more when maybe Superstar comes in. Uh, Courtney Cronin, bottom of the hour. The Vikings should root for, for sure, root for the Packers to be out of the playoffs. So if the Falcons win tonight, that, that pretty much seals the deal. They should also root for the Seahawks to miss the playoffs. Because if I'm looking up and down that bracket, teams that might come into U.S. Bank Stadium, the last two guys I want to see are Russell Wilson and Aaron Rodgers. I would much rather see Matt Ryan and Cam Newton if I'm the Minnesota Vikings in a Mike Zimmer defense. Mm -hmm. Because those guys are very good. They're not Aaron Rodgers, Russell Wilson good. Guys who can pretty much pull a collection of backups from the dead and bring them to the brink of a Super Bowl. I wonder if if, uh, Seattle is pretty much cooked now after what the Rams did do them. Yeah, they'd have to win their last two problems. I mean, they are a mess. And, yeah, the the only thing I want for the Vikings' sake is I want Saturday's game to be a decent test. What I really, if I'm the Vikings, what I really don't want is Bengals completely checked out. Now, I think the Packers will care, so I don't think it's going to be a problem. But I don't want to roll past the Bengals, the Packers, and the Bears, and then be off for a week. I I don't I don't want my last tough game before my playoff game to beat the Panthers. I'd like at least one more. I'm not saying it's got to be a great game, but I'd like it to at least be a test. Yeah. Uh, email quick here from Bill. He says, "Gentlemen, if the football breaks the plane of the end zone, isn't it a touchdown and the play is dead? No. The call was correct last night in that Steelers Patriots game. We're questioning how you would tweak the rule to make it so that's a catch. You and I want that to be a catch." And then subsequently a touchdown. Mm-hmm. So to your point, you nailed it. You have to allow, as a player is going to the ground, if you want to tweak the rule, you have to allow for a secondary move to, to matter. If you clutch the ball, two feet established, and then you lunge or you twist or you reach, that's a secondary move even if you're going to the ground. And the question is, should that matter? Right now, the NFL says, no, it doesn't. you got to go to the ground. And I think it should. Regardless. Uh, 651-646-8255. What's up, Realistic Randy? Hey, Randy. Hey, what's going on, guys? Correct me if I'm wrong, but if a Patriots player made contact with James while his knee was down, would he have not been marked as down by contact? That's a great question. I think because, the answer is no, because he's still in the process of completing the catch. But that's because a really good seen, question. Because we've seen several instances where they're marked rules down by contact, regardless if the ball comes out, and they say, oh, it was a fumble. They say, well, no, he was down by contact. But regardless of that, I think that the NFL, the way they're interpreting what a football move is, it seems to be limited only to your feet. Like, I agree with you, Phil, that if you have possession of the ball and your feet are down, and then you go reach to go for extra yardage, regardless of whether it crosses the plane or you're just trying to get a first down, I think that should be also considered a football move because common sense should tell you that if you're going to the ground hands first, the ball is going to joggle in a different direction no matter what it is you do. Unless you're trying to risk breaking your phalanges up into different places trying to hold on to the ball, I feel that... A football move should go beyond just what do you do with your feet. If you have possession and then you make an additional move, such as reaching for extra yardage, that should be considered a football move. I understand that that's what the rule is now, 
and it was called a correct call. But I think we've just taken this and that we dissected what a catch is to the point where there's nothing else there anymore. Great call, Randy. And I, I think what we've done is, and I keep going back to this point too, I think what we've done is, is we get a lot of people in March in Florida who meet and they're like, how can we, how can we make this as scientific as possible? And it, when you're sitting there slowing plays down on, on a replay and basically going through this with a bunch of folks, I'm sure it seems very scientific and very smart. But when you see that play last night as a football fan, I'm not thinking to myself for one second, that's a really good rule. I'm thinking to myself, the guy caught the ball, he turned around, he felt he he extended the ball at the goal line, which which in some cases is a touchdown. And now they're saying no, because when he got to the ground and hit the ground, the ball moved slightly. All right, just in a goal line in a scoring situation, it should be standard. You should have one rule, which is if a guy has possession as he extends extends the ball, which he did have possession at that time, that's a touchdown. Well, here's another question off what you're saying. If a secondary move matters when you're upright, if you catch a pass in the middle of the field, like that Packers receiver who fumbled yesterday, if you catch a pass in the middle of the field and then take one step or twist around and someone punches the ball out, that's a fumble. Now, if you don't take the one step, if you're if you're catching the ball and you're bringing it into your body and then someone knocks it away and you haven't taken a step or twisted around, incomplete. it's incomplete. So yes. a secondary move matters when you're upright. Yes. Why more importance on going to the ground than secondary move, right? Like if you're going to the ground, a secondary move doesn't matter according to the NFL. Mm-hmm. And these are elite athletes who can clearly make secondary moves as they're going to the ground. If I were to catch a pass, if I'm if I'm lunging out to catch a pass and I'm stu- and I'm sort of like stumbling and going to the ground, but I take and I tuck the ball in as I'm taking six stumbling steps to the ground. And then hit. And I wind up going 12 yards or 15 yards. <laughs> yes. The current definition rules that incomplete. Incomplete pass. Incomplete. Yes. Let's take one more call on this here uh, before we get to Courtney Cronin. Paul, you're on with Mackie and Judd. Well, I could have hung up because, Phil, that's why I call about that Packer thing. Like you said, he, he took two steps. The ball gets jarred out of his hand. That's a fumble. But yet if he was going to the ground and nobody jarred it out of his hand, then it's not a catch. And that's. That is the whole key going to the ground. Is that what this is all about? Because yeah, let's say I'm going. Definitely. Chris Chris Carter on the sidelines <laughs> would catch a ball, two feet inbounds, step out. The play's dead. They call it a catch, even if he took the ball and threw it somewhere. Yet mm-hmm. if he went to the ground, <laughs> you know, so that, that to me is when is possession possession and that to me is the whole key to this whether you're going to the ground or going for the goal line or doing what this packer uh guy did what he found when is possession possession and why is it different for the packer guy who was standing upright versus somebody who's just going to the ground going to the ground and that's a great point is that different yeah by the way paul hey i I apologize on behalf of my twitter followers for giving you an afternoon of hell last week <laughs> you you did start that. All I of know. a sudden, I'm a racist. I'm like, Whoa, holy straighten that cap out, Paul. Straighten your cap out, and we'll all be fine. <laughs> Even Manny started attacking me. Oh wow, <laughs> Manny Hill coming after you. Paul is no, not you're a good racist. Us, Paul. We can vouch for Paul. He is not a racist. Hey, Paul. Yes, Miko. Twenty three games. The whole team stinks. Yeah, let's move on. <laughs> twenty three games without a goal. Okay, it's not, it's not even fun to watch anymore. Bye, Paul. 
yeah. The, this league, though, see, th- this is and this this is one of of a few rules that I'm convinced they've convoluted to the point of because they think it's smart. They think we're being smart, and ultimately, what they're doing is they're setting up a potential of different interpretations for different things. Because Paul's right. Like, why is one act a fumble and one act an incomplete pass, and yet they're incredibly similar? It doesn't make any real sense because going because they've placed a lot of importance on going to the ground, which in some cases absolutely should matter. Uh, but that it's that it's that lack of a secondary. But, uh, but this is the same clause, a secondary move clause. But we this could is, add. But this is the same league that says the ground can't cause a fumble, yet the ground can cause an incompletion after what was was a completion. Well, but it wasn't a completion because exactly. he didn't establish Exactly, that's my point is they've convoluted things beyond recognition. These people have far too much time at at, at their annual league get-together in Orlando or Palm Beach or something. I'm yeah. telling you, they sit there all day long, they enjoy their cocktails, and then they say it's rules time. And they come up with these bleeping rules that nobody understands. It, it is really hard for for casual fan watching a big-time game last night. In fact, 25 million people watched that game last night. The highest rated game. It's a nightmare for the NFL because most of those 25 million people are just ducking in because oh, it's a big game and whatever. We're it's we're not outside because it's cold out. We're gonna watch TV tonight, and everyone watching that who's a casual fan thinks, what? Why isn't that a catch? Absolutely, he clearly caught the ball, and then you have to explain. Well, actually, wait till it Let happens me show you this here. Instructional February, video that the NFL wait till sent Feb out. four when it happens here. Explain yeah. that rule to millions of people. Yeah. So, all right, let's get to Courtney Cronin when we come back here. Mackie and Judd, we'll talk to uh, ESPN.com Vikings Insider. You know who I blame for all this? I blame TCL TVs and their 4K picture quality. That's right. TCL TVs are too good, too high resolution. It's causing us to rethink the way that we uh, watch football plays. But in all seriousness, if you aren't watching sports on a TCL TV, you're missing out on an unbelievable experience, uh, second to none. And uh, you're missing out on America's fastest-growing TV brand as well. We're talking a built-in Roku device with 4,000-plus streaming channels. And uh, not to mention 450,000-plus movies, TV show episodes. I should also uh, throw this at you guys. TCL has given you a great chance to see the Timberwolves in the best viewing location inside Target Center from a TCL theater box with a VIP experience and five-star cuisine, lounge area, oversized chairs, the Wolves take on the Nuggets on December 27th, and you can go to 1500ESPN.com and enter the keyword TCL to win four tickets to sit in the TCL theater box. Mackie and Judd. Phil Mackie, Judd Zolgad. Frankly, I think the dogs don't like them because, well, because sometimes they bring bad news. Mackie and Judd. Animals sense those things, you know. On 1500 ESPN. Kim throws. Touchdown, Vikings. Ham in front of Murray. Keenum fading. Throws. Touchdown. Kyle Rudolph back on the field and in the end zone. Judd, I think we can confirm those were catches. Those, yeah, were, those, those were, were catches. They completed the act of the catch completely. Yes. yes, and Kyle Rudolph took that football, brought it home with him, and uh, and put it on the third shelf Icky of his shuffled. garage. And the Icky, Icky Shuffle. Icky Shuffle, that was very cool. Yep. Uh, Courtney Cronin is a Vikings beat writer insider for ESPN.com. And uh, the Vikings took care of business, as they should have, against a very disinterested Bengals team. What were your main takeaways yesterday, Courtney? I mean, they did exactly what they had to do, and they did it in dominating fashion. I think 
a win like that was needed. Even though the sky wasn't falling after last week, there was kind of that vibe, just even the playoff picture and, you know, where they were heading into Carolina week in the number one spot. And now that that's, you know, almost realistically out of the picture because they needed to rely on the state of the Eagles. Like, I mean, it, it just felt, it felt like they needed this one in order to get back on track in a game that, you know, outside of penalties, um, 11, which, you know, certainly they want to get cleaned up. I think that this was probably, you know, their most dominating performance to date and probably in a while. Among teams you you have seen uh, in, in all sports, where do the Bengals check in as far as being checked out? Where were they? Because Ooh. that was a remark. I mean, Really, from the start of that game, it was remarkable when you said to yourself, these guys don't care for the most part. I mean, look at all the blows that they were dealt. You know, right leading up to there, they came in on Saturday and announced that uh, Joe Mixon wasn't out of the concussion protocol. They had, you know, two rookies starting at linebacker. They had no linebacker depth whatsoever. And by the end of the game, they were probably, I mean, I remember seeing (laughs) – Vinny Sanceri uh, last year having to fill in at linebacker for the 49ers because literally they were just decimated at the position. Um, I was expecting, you know, that to happen at some point for, for the Bengals yesterday. They never got that bad. But, yeah, I mean, you can't tell me that the news that they were delivered right before the game about Marvin Lewis doesn't affect guys in the locker room. Yeah, they may have been expecting it, but – they're human. That's going to affect them. When that, when that news drops at 9 a.m. Central time, they've got a game three hours later, and there's, you know, all this turmoil and reported, you know, some players didn't know about it, and the coaches and everybody's caught off guard. I mean, they were certainly they, – they, they weren't mentally there, and I don't think they've been mentally there since the Steelers game. I mean, certainly the hangover from Chicago, that was, was the hangover from the Steelers game, has lasted – you know, a long time, and these next two weeks are going to be really rough in Cincinnati. I would say, you know, comparing it, I covered a 6-25 and Indiana team my freshman year in college um, after all the NCAA sanctions that came down, and for, for where that team was, they were probably more checked in than where, where I saw the Bengals yesterday. Uh, so, Courtney, as you roam the locker room practice days and, uh, and after games, what are some of the main themes you're hearing late in the season from this team? This this team feels like the best team in the NFC, if not uh, maybe the best team that we've seen in, in Minnesota since the 70s, even better than maybe the offensive loaded 98-09 teams. Mm-hmm. Do they, can you sense that they feel like they're going to win the Super Bowl, or what, what would you say your sense is talking to people? Well, it's interesting because Lindell Jones has talked about it this morning. You know, you asked him, is, is now, okay, one goal, as many, as many of them talked about yesterday, or one goal out of the way is, you know, locking up the NFC North. Now, realistically, you'd think that the next attainable goal would be a first-round buy. And he's like, no, it's, that's not it at all. It's winning our final two games. And I think that that's, you know, they've been in positions before, especially last year, with just knowing how great things can go and how and how flat they can fall, um, you know, with things that, you know, are in their control and out of their control. And I think that that's just a circumstance of where the growth is of this team, of how far you've seen them come to where they're not taking it lightly, whether Aaron Rodgers plays this week or not, regardless of if whether the Packers are eliminated tonight from playoff contention or not. They know that they don't want to fall far further than the two seed. Yeah, the lowest they could go because their division uh, division champion is four, but they want to stay in the position they're at right now, and in order to do that, they need to win their final two games. 
The thing that that uh, strikes me, and and we we now just accept this. Teams do not throw at Rhodes. Xavier Rhodes, it's incredible. Yeah. I mean, if you go down the list of of not just good but top notch guys he's go- gone against, and then you go and and look at their targets, it is remarkable that that for the most part, unless they outright know that that he's hurt, they don't throw towards him at all. It is it for a town that has seen cornerback play, Courtney, that has been at times atrocious. It is really, really. A remarkable thing to now see a corner who takes away a guy and he's just gone. Yeah, and I mean, I think that you've seen what you've seen with Xavier this season, and it's been a trend since you know the beginning of the season with him lining up against elite wide receivers. I mean, AJ Green did nothing yesterday, and I think a product of that too is that Andy Dalton couldn't establish a passing game and hasn't been able to. Um, outside of outside of one pass that went 45 yards, um, you know, a short pass that went that was carried out the rest of the way. I mean, his longest pass was 16 or 17 yards, you know, before that. So that's a product of where Rhodes is at. But you know, you take a look at the respect that he's drawing from teams and, and quarterbacks not wanting to throw in his direction, and what that's doing for Trey Wayne. I mean, Wayne's played 93% of defensive snaps yesterday, was really active on special teams, and I think that that's, you know, where he's at in his third year, the development of being one of the more targeted corners, it's only making him better. I mean, we knew he was a good, you know, he was a good, um, you know, run defender before this game, and I think that what you've seen in the last few weeks, particularly since the bye, is as he gets more targeted, you're starting to see this trend. You're starting to see the PBUs come into play, and you know pretty soon will those come into interceptions, and then pretty soon will teams want to stop targeting him as much as they have been. I think this is a natural progression of growth for Trey, and it comes at the hand of what Xavier's, you know, just just the matchups that he's drawing and why teams are not wanting to throw in his direction. Uh, I'm just doing some number crunching here, Courtney Cronin. Uh, Dalvin <laughs> Cook played four games, was among the best running backs in the NFL. And then, uh, and then it's been uh, kind of a running back by committee. If you add up Latavius Murray and Jarek McKinnon, now it's under four yards per carry, so it's been a lot of three yards in a cloud of dust. It hasn't exactly been you know dominant five six yards per carry, but one thousand one hundred plus rushing yards this season, nine rushing touchdowns between the two of them, and uh, a combined sixty three receptions for five hundred yards and a couple of touchdowns. Most of those. Jarek McKinnon. If you, I mean, those guys mm-hmm. together are up there with. It's not Le'Veon Bell combined, but it's like that. They've kind of equated to a second-tier starting running back when you add them both up this year. Yeah, and I think it's great where Murray's at right now. I think he's either anywhere from like third to fifth um, in terms of total yards. Just given, you know, this was a product of circumstance for him. I mean, had Dalvin Cook continued to play the way he did and not gotten injured. I mean, I don't know if we would have seen much of Latavius Murray, even as the grind of the season wore on and obviously rookies take a hit, um, you know, just working through that their first year. I mean, he's really made the most of this opportunity. And I think the way that the Vikings, you, you credit Pat Shermer with the plan that they drew up, but the way that the Vikings have handled the situation since week four, knowing that they weren't going to just feature one guy um, it, it's capitalizing on the strengths of both of them. You take a look at Jarek McKinnon. I mean, you're obviously going to involve him in the screen game, and he's been so effective in that. And then, you know, Latavius is your powerful, is your powerful, um, you know, goal line threat, and you know, just, just a, a big workhorse for him. So I think that that's they've really 
taken the best of both worlds and almost combined it into a super running back to kind of create what you got from Dalvin Cook. Because, you know, we haven't seen it too much, I guess, you know, recently, maybe outside of the, um, you know, the 29-yard the uh, sideline catch yesterday, which, you know, had Kyle Carter not been 30 yards down the field and, you know, we had he, McKinney would have been able to vault right into the end zone. So the explosive plays are not as much, I would say, you know, recently, but we have seen them still, and those have still been a part of the Vikings' game plan with the, both of their running backs. Yeah, good stuff, Courtney. Uh, enjoy. If we don't catch up with you uh, before uh, next week's holidays, then uh, we'll talk soon, all right? See you, Courtney. Yeah, thanks so much. Appreciate it. All right, Courtney Cronin from ESPN.com. In fact, here's a little more number crunching for you on the running backs. Mm-hmm. So let's include Dalvin Cook because he was amazing for the first four games. With two games left, with two games left, Vikings running backs. You know what? I didn't put C.J. Ham's uh, seven carries for 13 yards and a touchdown. So let's do that. Let's put an t- extra touchdown in there, including C.J. Ham. 1,500 yards rushing, 12 touchdowns rushing, mm-hmm. 70. C.J. Ham has six catches. So 80 catches for over 600 yards. In fact, it's about 670 yards. Running backs who can catch the ball is incredible. And two touchdowns. So. All of these running backs combined, running back by committee because of the injury. We're talking about 2,100 yards from scrimmage. Yes. And 14 touchdowns. Yep, without one one bell cow, which is great. And they can catch the ball. And guess what else they can do? They can pass protect. No, this this is it. This is the this is the formula offensively for what you have, have wanted to do probably now for four years. This is it. Receivers that are competent, they don't have to be great. They're very, very good. And they're great some days, but this backfield is absolutely perfect. Short passing game, they can block, they can run, and it's not just one guy. Uh, and then meanwhile, on the other side of the border, the Green Bay Packers tried really hard in Carolina, but uh, they wound up losing. Go, Pack, go! Probably the last time I'm going to talk to y'all this year. Um, I just, it pains my heart too much to, uh, to cry to y'all, even though we're all grown men here. Uh, the season was over basically when Rodgers got hurt. I mean, let's be honest. Uh, this whole, when Rodgers comes back, we can run the table. That was kind of fun to think about. But it's been a weird year, and I don't think any of us really thought that we were going to actually do anything with this defense not being as good and plus all the injuries. Rodgers basically had to be perfect today for us to even have a chance to win. And him underthrowing people and kind of getting happy feet in the pocket when it started to collapse. That's not going to do well for us. Go, Pat, go! Mackie and Judd are back. It can actually be a little exciting. On 1500 ESPN. Go, Pat, go! Hi, Bill. Good, good to talk to you. I'm just wondering why McCarthy gave up on the running game when we knew uh, Aaron was just back and seems like everybody put the pressure on Aaron and then our defense surely didn't show up uh I don't know do you think we need to change both offensively and defensively go, Pat, go! I'm just wondering if you think Brett Hundley could have won a few more games if he chewed less bubblegum <laughs> I don't think bubblegum you know Cam chews bubblegum do you notice that He's right up there with Pete Carroll. Well, Pete Carroll chews bubblegum. Those are guys. I don't think there's a correlation between success or lack thereof in bubblegum. It just seems like it, it, it's a 
distracted him enough. I think he's spot on there. See Hunley chewing all that bubble gum? Yeah. Juicy fruits killing Probably him. can't even hear the play call in oh. his helmet. It's just chewing so it's loud. Too much. Go, Pat, go! Uh, this, this one actually, there's we've had like 10 people either email or tweet us that this next one from Packer Ventline, fan in Milwaukee, mm-hmm. sounds exactly like Randy in Cottage Grove, who calls our show on a regular basis. So you, you be the judge here. Brody, how are we looking? What's going on? Hello? Yeah. Hello, Brody, go ahead. Yeah. Um, well, I, I just can't help after watching the game feel feel sad for what's going on right now. You know, we've had all, all this success and stuff, and now you look at Aaron and he just he just looks sad, and it kind of makes me sad. And I, I, I kind of feel like that's affecting his play. Is that what you guys think? That because he's sad? Hmm. I don't know. I don't know if I'm cadence. The cadence is slightly there. I don't hear the voice recognition necessarily. Let's try it one more time. Go, Pat, go. Brody, how are we looking? What's going on? Hello? Yeah. Hello, Brody, go ahead. Yeah. Um well I I just can't help after watching the game feel feel sad for what's going on right now. You know, we've had all, all this success and stuff, and now you look at Aaron and he just he just looks sad, and it kind of makes me sad. And I, I I kind of feel like that's affecting his play. Is that what you guys think? That because he's sad. Go, Pat, go! All right, when Brody <laughs> did look sad. When Brody he? says hello, I sort of hear it then, but then once he mm. starts talking, I don't hear it. Six five one six four six eight two five five. Uh, Randy and Cottage Grove, are you calling into uh, Packer post game shows now? Uh, no. Oh, okay, I got a guy. First off, I I'm busy. Okay, at, at, when when a Sunday night rolls around, I don't. I sometimes I call uh, your show, Jeff, but I I'm uh, I'm busy. I'm busy having a good time. We're 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 usually been drinking. The last thing I'm going to do is waste my time calling into a to a Packer show. No, I, I ain't. That, look, that's the kind of thing that you do if you have nothing better to do. Like, all those fans in Green Bay are about to have nothing better to do starting about tonight and about three hours after that Falcons game kicks off and they lose and they're eliminated. They can go ahead and call into shows from, from other towns if they want. We got bigger fish to fry. We got the playoffs and we got a Super Bowl to win. So, no, hell no. Are you in the camp, Randy? Do you want to see Aaron Rodgers at full strength against the Vikings next weekend for a better playoff test? Right, well, I'll tell you right, right right now. I mean, they ain't mathematically eliminated yet. They will be tonight is my prediction. And if they want to put him out there and risk his little uh, little uh, little fish bones that seem to snap like a twig when Barr hits him, okay, then go ahead and put him out there because we will punish him, okay? We will end his season and maybe his career so you just you just listen ted thompson okay we are gonna go out there and go after him like the game matters for him because if it really doesn't he shouldn't be playing so that's a warning wow so we're going to lambo to hurt just aaron Rodgers. threaten someone's yeah he just threatened life him. well you got him riled up first of all he implied that he was maybe gonna you, try 
you asked him flat out if he was calling Packer post game shows, which you knew he wouldn't take well. <laughs> and then he said that, and he brought up fish bones. Fish bones for Aaron Rodgers. He's got fish bones. Oh, Is man. that the problem? His collarbones, like a fishbone act. Well, he's broken them both. I mean, do you think that's coincidence? Anthony Barr had uh, he had another. There was a video I saw on social media yesterday where Anthony Barr was like, "I'm not going to say anything to him, but whatever happens, happens." And he kind of looked at the camera with his eyebrows in the air, like whatever happens, happens. <laughs> People's meaning, eyebrow. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> if you smile. When what? does Randy start uh, film review? Well, not film review, but you know, working ahead towards playoff teams. I think he's on the 2019 draft film right now. Actually, oh, he's that far ahead. Good yeah. for him. Yeah, well, he's got to be doing that soon, though, right? I would think he got to start doing self scouts and all that. Too. Eagles, he's Falcons, do, watch yeah, Vikings games as well. I think he's more uh, interested in scouting the local liquor stores around Cottage Grove. I don't know That's why just you're me. saying that. That's a terrible thing to say. Feels I'm just. I'm have, speculating that Randy might Randy. want to get I have, into a, I have a feeling a guy like Randy doesn't need to do any scouting of the liquor stores. He knows where to get the best deal on the pony kegs. <laughs> and it comes to him. Times. It comes to him. Oh, yeah. He doesn't go get it. He has it delivered. <laughs> go, Pack, go! Hi, the Packers lost, but, you know, I'm going to make up for it by having a great Italian beef sandwich. There you uh, go. Tonight, so um, at an establishment in Waukesha that I don't think I can mention, but I, I just want to say, Gary, you're right because I'm a spoiled Packer fan, and a few weeks ago you said even Aaron Rodgers has bad games, and this was a bad game for because we were all ragging on Brett Hundley, and you were like, hey, Rodgers has bad games too, and Gary, I have to say, you know. I don't know who I would have rather had in there today. I don't know, man. I I just think this was a bad game for for Aaron Rodgers. I think I think he's probably a little rusty. Go, Pat, go! I've got three choices, boys. In Waukesha, we got Maya's, Sal's Pizza, Jimmy's Grotto Inc. Those are oh, our Jimmy's three. Grotto, those right? are our three yeah. choices for a good Italian beef in Waukesha, Wisconsin. But why can't he mention Jimmy's Grotto? I don't know, but I'm saying, I'm saying to myself, okay, I want to know, Maya's, Sal's Pizza, or Jimmy's Grotto? It's awfully secretive. I got all three of them. Might have to do that. Uh, be traveling through Wisconsin. Might have to hit all these and might call be stopping a lot of post game show. Yeah. 